It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. A teenage boy has been killed in a shark attack on the York Peninsula in South Australia. Emergency crews, including a rescue helicopter, rushed to Ethel Beach, west of Adelaide, when the alarm was raised yesterday afternoon. The teenager's body was recovered from the water, where it's understood he was surfing. The beach, which is located in the Innes National Park, is popular with holidaymakers this time of year. Police are preparing a report for the coroner. Well, joining me live now is Andrew Fox. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. Devastating news. And of course, we will be hearing more from the police of this devastation of the the death from a shark. Now, you and your family have an organisation. Can you tell us about the organisation and what you do in terms of uh, uh, your knowledge of sharks? Yes, sure. We've been... um providing a platform for shark research and filming from the 1960s after my father was attacked by a great white shark. And and that's been a journey of trying to understand this still very mysterious creature. And certainly, would you say we're seeing an increase in shark attacks? I believe five in South Australia this year alone. And we, we tend to be seeing more, are we? Yeah, in the last year, we've had five uh, attacks with three fatal attacks, which is significantly more than just a couple over the last eight previous years. So these little clusters or anomalies of shark attacks we've seen before in Western Australia and on the eastern states, but um, here in the South Australia, which is recognised as a bit of a home to the great white shark, we've had a, a good run up until this, this sad 2023 year. Do we know why we're seeing an increase? Yeah, uh, we know so much about great white sharks now, but they're still mysterious. These uh, these anomalies could be due to uh, changes in their their the prey sources that they're migrating through the area. There's there's been four years of uh, La Nina followed by an El Nino, uh, La Nino, then the La Nina. So um, those sort of environmental conditions can change uh, where food distribute and uh, and that changes the shark's behaviour. Um, I just saw Indiana Jones yes. and there's a particular scene with like the eels. Did you watch yes. that? <gasps> I'm very scared of anything mm-hmm. with eels and I'm very scared of sharks. And I feel like I don't think I really want to go in their backyard. I feel, and I can't even, I feel bad. Cause I feel like there's a lot more shark Girl. attacks. There, it seems like they're coming Girl. more. Yeah. You know what I'm bringing up right now? Didn't you? Don't you? I know, I know, and you you sent it to me, and I'm like, I'm already there. I'm so it's so scary. Vladimir Popov, Red Sea. Would you have ran in? Would you have ran in the water to save your son? Would that be your yeah, instinct? I would have tried to get a boat. Okay, this shark attack. This is the first shark attack that's been captured on various, not only hotel cameras, but everyone around was was shooting this with their phone in Egypt. On the Red Sea, which I don't think it's known for its shark feeding. Well, no, they had one that happened last oh, year at God. a resort with like a 58-year-old woman. But what I don't get is these people are recording. And this has happened with other things. How much of our actions are actually recorded like, and nothing happens? Because it always seems somebody has a camera. Something to distract it. No one did a thing. 
even they showed I saw the hotel view from the stationary camera. It took an employee. He had to run all the way down the dock. And by the way, they say, oh, he was out far. No, he wasn't. There were slides right next to him where he was getting eaten. So kids could have been going up. They this video shows this guy. I don't know why I watched it, but I did. He's like, Papa, Papa. He literally gets eaten on camera in front of everyone. You can see his legs flying. Then did you see that burst of red coming? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's horrifying. (sighs) Between that and the case where that high schooler jumped off the boat. In Bahamas. Sandra, the search for a Louisiana teenager who apparently jumped from a cruise ship, a small one, in the Bahamas on a dare has been called off. The Cajun Navy has been involved in that search and has been in constant contact with the family. Brian Trasher is a spokesman for the Rescue and Disaster Relief Group. Brian, good to have you back on, although what looks like a a tragic circumstance here. Let me just uh, lay this out for folks at home who might not have followed it over the weekend. Cameron Robbins was an 18-year-old from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He just graduated high school. He'd been a baseball player on the U-High team. Uh, apparently, he was out on this pirate ship Sunset Cruise just off of the coast of Paradise Island, the, the east coast of Paradise Island, and for some reason jumped into the water. Do we, do we have any idea how this circumstance unfolded and why? So the circumstances around why Cameron went into the water are still being investigated. There's obviously a lot of reports out there um, that from eyewitnesses that there might have been some kind of a dare or somebody egging him on. I, I can't confirm any of that, but I know it's still being investigated. But nevertheless, he did end up in the water. He was in the water for several minutes um, and did not, uh, unfortunately, make it to the life ring. They threw him and, uh, according to some videos that we've seen, uh, disappeared uh, shortly after that. Yeah, it, you know, when you take a look at that video, and unfortunately we don't have rights to air that video, but we can describe it. He's in the water there. Again, uh, the, the word is that he voluntarily jumped in after somebody dared him. Uh, somebody said, hey, throw him a life ring. And you see the life ring out there. He appears to be a pretty strong swimmer. I mean, he was an athlete, didn't seem to be having any trouble in the water. And then suddenly he starts drifting away and he's gone. Do, do we know if, if it was the current? Because he seemed to be going in the opposite direction of the life ring. And you would think the current would take anything that's floating in the same direction. Was, was there some other circumstance that might have taken him out of the field of vision of folks on that, on that boat? So you're correct. He was an athlete. He's a very fit young man. Uh, the video that I saw showed him look like he was taking a casual swim in a swimming pool. Um, and it looked like he was going toward the life ring and then and for some reason turned around, started swimming away from it. It could have been that he was being carried away by a current. That channel right there uh, south, uh, south of Valto Island uh, is known to have strong currents. There was some inclement weather that blew up uh, while they were out there. Uh, so it could have been a squall line that came through. Um, it, there's just so much speculation out there. Uh, we, we're still waiting for um, the, the U.S. Coast Guard and the Royal, Baham- the Royal Bahamas Navy to uh, conclude all their findings and, and sort of compile all the, uh, the eyewitness testimony they took over the last week. Uh, and I'm sure eventually they'll they'll put out a, a final report and we'll, we'll wait and see what that says. Yeah. And some people are looking at that video because it's at night that it looks like there's like a silver fin I'm in sure the water. A, it looks like a shark. You, the thing is, is you mm-hmm. don't see him. He's out of frame by the time whatever it is gets to him, yeah. but it's got to him fast. And I mean, where else would he be? And they didn't send anyone either. They sent a ring in. No, they were all like, yeah, they were trying to get him to grab the ring, but he was all drunk and stuff. My kid's never going on any sort of spring break. That's just bad decisions all around. 
I mean, the guy in the Red Sea, thats he was just swimming with his girlfriend. His, they show footage of his girlfriend just sobbing on the beat. It's horrible. Don't go down the TikTok. Like, well, and that's what a lot of these cases, when you see riptides, Ugh. like the parent panics, it goes in the water. And From our New Jersey newsroom tonight, a tragic situation unfolded at a Monmouth County beach. A father was killed while saving his daughter from rip currents. Officials say the teen got swept up by a jetty off the coast of Avon Beach yesterday. She was pulled several yards right out into the ocean. There were no lifeguards on duty, so her father jumped in to save her. Rescue crews managed to pull the teen out and eventually found her father's body. I won't let Jake go to the beach by himself. Uh-uh. So what was interesting is I was trying to look up that thing about the one that they were sending to deep space mm-hmm. or whatever. Did you know that they have space burial as like a legit thing? Really? Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. So remains are sealed in the spacecraft until it burns up upon reentry into the Earth's atmosphere. Or I guess until they reach their extracurricular act destinations. But the suborbital flights briefly transport them to space, then return to Earth, where they can be... Re- Small samples of remains are usually launched to minimize the cost of launching mass into space. The first one was in 1992 from the Columbia, when they took a sample of Gene Roddenberry's cremated Ooh, remains. Yeah. You know who that is? The author, right? Um, so, yeah, it's screenwriter and producer. Yeah. Then they even had another one departing from like uh, aircraft from the Canary Eye in 1997, which had the remains of like 24 other people. Ooh. And I guess it's like an apparent thing. Famous people on this flight included Roddenberry and Timothy Leary. Did they just blow them out or like they have a little thing that like, like how do you? It's been called the final frontier. But for the cremated remains of 24 people who dreamed of traveling to space, including Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry and the LSD prophet Timothy Leary, it's even more than that. It's their destiny. Gene was in love with space, I mean, with, with, with the future. Timothy pointed to me and said, I want you to get me into space. And so 24 families are the first to do something quite extraordinary for their dearly departed loved ones. We're looking at the first launch ever to take cremated remains into space. That's right. Monday, over the Canary Islands, this jetliner launched a Pegasus rocket, which carried those ashes, each in a lipstick-sized vial, into space. Something this mission's promoters hope will become a new commercial venture. We're right now uh, taking uh, contracts for our next mission. The late Gene Roddenberry is the most famous passenger aboard. His widow, Magil, explains why she took this step. He would have given anything to have been able just once to, you know, take that trip or go up into space. We have ignition and liftoff of it. Like Roddenberry, all of the others wanted to travel to space while they were alive. Now, for $4,800, their families made dreams of space come true. My father was an astronaut. He was a dreamer. And, uh, you know, today his dreams are being realized. Gerald Conte's son, Rod, and his sister, Sandra Scala, sent their dad into the atmosphere. I know when I look up, I know that my father's on one of those stars looking down thing i told all of you (laughs) i can do it (laughs) for the harvard professor who searched for new galaxies within the human mind timothy leary's friend of 30 years carol rosin got him into space he's always wanted to travel in the circle of space pioneers and there's space pioneers on this and that made him really happy too not everyone on this flight was famous 
Homer Lampkin ran a supply company in Kentucky. He traveled the world on vacations, but always wanted space to be his final destination. Paula Lampkin is his daughter. This morning, um, at the airport, watching the stargazer leave with the Pegasus on it, um, it was such a joy. And if he gets to go up there for one complete orbit, that's all I ask. But Chan Tyser, president of Celestis, expects the rocket to be in space much longer than that. We'll orbit the Earth roughly every 90 minutes, uh, and that orbit should last for about six years. And with an ending that only Gene Roddenberry could write, Chan Tyser says the rocket will disintegrate into a ball of fire and streak across the sky like a shooting star. This Celestis launch makes it possible for all of us to see as the re-entry takes place when the burn-up of this rocket occurs, that we are the light. And that was Timothy's message. The more you know, and they have pet burials, by the way. On the moon? But I will leave that for another time. Well, apparently a pet memorial space flight service was sent for animal cremated. So Bismarck, a Monroe, Washington police dog uh, may have flown on a 2012 memorial space How much flight. is it to send your dog's remains into space? I have no idea. I, this is another rich people thing that I, it's way beyond I watched my... the cloning thing also on Netflix about... Uh, remember uh, the Korean doctor who was doing cloning? They did Dolly the Sheep. Yeah. And then they started like trying to figure out how they could clone, like make babies to help with other babies. It just became a whole big thing. But this one guy, this is funny because my <laughs> we actually looked into this when Rocky was little. We wanted to clone Rocky. Aww. We looked into it with Layla too. <laughs> so don't That's feel bad. I think anybody that has like a baby. Yeah. So, um, Mike was like, if it wasn't forty thousand dollars, I would do and it. And this one dog, they did it successfully with this dog. They've done it successfully with a lot of dogs, but the one they followed around was this uh, little, um, what are they, French bulldog, and uh, Chilo, I think. So it was dying of cancer, and they cloned it, and they have another chilo and the guy's like you know people think it's going to be different but it grew up in the same environment with the same parents with the same family in the same house and its personality is exactly the same as the other one was i think that'd be so confusing because i think wasn't there a movie about this where it happened not where they were cloning body parts just to harvest Mm -hmm. them like there was a movie like it was like the it's almost like the lottery where people were, they lived in this environment and the, their number would come up and literally it was to harvest uh, their organs. Like they, so they were, were just, was it actually really? Attention residents, welcome to the lottery spin. Jordan to Delta, you're moving out to the island, transported to the world's last paradise. <gasps> I think they're going to kill you. Go to the island. There is no island. Come on. Two of our products have escaped. And uh, they were there for harvesting. But I thought there was another one where somebody was being cloned and it was confusing to them for expected behaviors. uh, McKenna mentioned this movie the other night where it was an old movie. Do you remember where they had the second child? 
because the first child had cancer and she took her parents to court to fight to have that. No, you don't remember that movie. So we, they took her to court so she could have say over her body and like her father ended up supporting. He was the one that was born to help the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been telling Bailey that's why she was born. Oh oh my God. (laughs) What'd she say? Because she thinks she's the princess of the family. We have to knock her down a peg or two. I'm sorry, but you were born so we could harvest from you. Yeah, you're literally the spare. You were literally the spare. Oh my gosh. Uh, who is who is the exec at Spotify who called Harry and Meghan grifters? Just I wish I had been involved in the Meghan and Harry leave Spotify negotiation. <laughs> the f***ing grifters. That's the podcast we should have launched with them. A media group owned by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle named Archwell Audio has agreed to end its deal with Spotify. Her and Harry had a $20 million deal with Spotify to put out material, but apparently due to failing to meet the productivity benchmarks... <laughs> lazy (laughs) they have failed to renew it for a second season and she won't be getting that full payment so that was a very expensive few episodes to put out i love that finally people are coming out did you hear omid omid obi whatever his name is he lied about his age and he used to run like a korean like website did you hear about this he's really like 42 he's not 28 website is he korean no, he used to do one of those like Korean pop websites and they were like quoting articles he wrote, which were v- pretty, she like Megan would have definitely thought it was misogynistic. Did he just want to be close to famous people and that's why he like, pumped up his Probably. resume and said, I'll be your mouthpiece. Probably. They just did not think Gail King was enough and they needed Omid and they, that's what they get. Gail King is always enough. Yeah. Some people are saying that her brand's not hurt because now she's with what is it, Goldman and Sachs were one of those representatives. But other people are saying, oh, she's not talented after all. Like, do you think this is going to hurt their brand? Or do you think they're going to come out with more on Netflix? Like Netflix, everybody was saying they were going to drop them. But then they came out with a statement saying that they supported them. But who's going to watch the Invictus? Like nobody wants to watch their documentary. Well, I don't think, I think they're going to focus away from documentaries and they'll start getting into scripted. They'll start getting into... Yeah, scripted based on real life experience. They're doing a take on Charles Dickens called His Great Expectation. It's like good manners or whatever. And it's about a woman growing up in like a patriarchal society. Chill, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. <laughs> never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. 
Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.